My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Basha here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Danielle Mendoza. She's the owner of Be Myself Now, a boutique business development consultancy, as well as Confident Concept, a writing and self-publishing agency. She's also the host of the Be Myself Now in Business podcast. Thank you so much for coming on, Danielle. Thanks for having me, Basha. I'm excited to talk to you today. Likewise, it's a pleasure to have you. We're going to have some great conversation. We'll cover what's working, your podcasts, your challenges, and your goals. And I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have some great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? Absolutely. So I spent 10 years as a stay-at-home mom. And in that time, I knew I wanted to do something as an entrepreneur. So I got my business marketing and um, management certification. And then I started working as a copywriter because my husband, you know, had a great job with a good salary, but I wanted pocket money for like going to Starbucks when I was taking the kids to the park or, you know, just buying something at Target when I saw it and I decided I liked it. And so I started copywriting during nap time and when the kids were in bed. And then that lasted for a couple of years. And then I just went back to being a mom and I found myself really, really unhappy. And I just realized that being just a mom wasn't enough for me. And I felt really guilty about that at first. It was like, oh, my kids should be everything. Being a mom is is really important. But recognizing that I wasn't coming to the table as a happy person and that my kids would actually be better off if they had a happy mom who was like excited to be with them because she had more fulfilling stuff going on in her life led me toward my own business. And I got quite a few coaching certifications. I have a life purpose, life coaching certification, a general life coaching certification, as well as a master practitioner in EFT tapping just to work through my own emotional stuff. It was really like totally selfish that I did any of those, but it gave me a lot of amazing tools and it showed me how much I enjoyed connecting with other people. So I started using those certifications and grew a business where I was coaching teenagers. And then I shifted into spiritual coaching with women who were in that time between uh, doctor's visits and a diagnosis. So Myself, I've had skin cancer a few times, basal cell skin cancer first, it resulted in a third of my top lip being removed. And that made me question my mortality and like, what am I doing here? What am I leaving behind as my legacy? What's the story of me going to be after I'm gone? And that just pushed me deeper into the quest to work with people and help people and help them live a better life. And then recently I was diagnosed with melanoma as well, all curable. It's cured at this point. And so, you know, I'm good to go in that respect. It was never anything that was super life-threatening, but it's just something that makes you wake up. And there's a lot of spiritual questions that come up when you're not quite diagnosed yet. And you don't want to be totally afraid because you know that there could be good news, but you're also really scared. And so I started working with women in that capacity. And it was funny through both coaching businesses, the questions I got most were how did you start this business? How did you build your website? Like, oh, I see you have a podcast. How did you do that? Oh, you're published. How did you publish your book? Those different things. And 
it made me realize that that's where I was really being led toward business consulting itself. And so I jumped into my consultancy in June of 21 and went full-time as a business development consultant and the rest is history. That is awesome. I love that. And I love that you you help people primarily with the with the first few stages of, you know, within the first five years of business ownership. What led you to that side of coaching versus, you know, helping people scale versus six, seven, eight figures? Because there's a lot of people that do that and there's not a lot of people that do what you do. So tell me a little bit more about that. What was what led up to that decision, I guess? So I was working with a bigger brand and I was helping these coaches who were coming out of their coaching certification learn how to grow a six-figure business. I helped that brand build a business builder course for their coaches to graduate into. And we were focused on this idea of let's get you to six figures. And I noticed through the course of that, that there were so many women who were just dropping out of the game altogether. They just decided it was too much pressure. They couldn't do it. They didn't want to put in as many hours as it might require. A lot of them had husbands who had very decent salaries. They were you know, taken care of as a family, or some of them had really high powered careers that they were coming out of and they were moving into retirement. And they just didn't want to have to get to that six figure success mark. Success looked very different to them. And I realized there was not a lot of business coaching in that space. There's not many people saying, hey, you want to make 20,000 next year? Great. Let's figure out a way to do that. Let's figure out a way to get you to the vision of success that you have for yourself. It's always with the vision of success that the person running the consulting agency or the coaching has for success. And so I decided I'm going to do something totally different. I'm going to fill this gap where we can talk to women without the pressure of six figures and I can get to know their vision of success first for both their life and their business. And then we could build a business that fits into that vision and they're way more likely to execute. They're way more likely to take the actions they need to take because they're actually going for what they want. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. A lot of a lot of women get caught up in this like grind and hustle culture and they don't deep down, they don't actually want to do all that stuff. They don't actually want to put in 80 hours a week. And then just to be able to say that they hit six figures, that, that's not important to everybody. So I love that you're, you're covering this, not what's the word for it. The end of the industry that isn't fully covered. Yeah. And I find that it's a great starting place for people who do want six figures as well. You might have a six Mm -hmm. figure goal and that's great, but how do we get there? It starts with 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, right? And, And it grows from there. And sometimes it's easier to see the success path to the 20,000 mark. And then once you're there, you're like, okay, now I can see 75. And then once you're there, it's easy to see how you could get over a hundred, right? So it's, it's like moving through the fog is kind of how I describe it. It's, you know, the beach is there somewhere, but you have to move further into the fog before you can see another 300 yards in front of you. And we can do that in business when we focus on really strong business foundation and this idea of organic growth and how do we, you know, step into that organic development without spending a ton on ads. That was the other thing I was finding in a lot of business coaching is they're like, we can get you to six figures fast, but they fail to mention that it takes a multi-five figure investment. And some of these women just didn't have that financial investment to take. And so it's like, how do we do this when we're on a shoestring budget? 
Or how do we do this when we only have three hours a day? What does that actually look like? And what can we actually build from there? So that's my goal is to just make sure every woman has the chance to share her gifts and talents through her business and doesn't back out because she feels overwhelmed or intimidated by someone else's version of success. I love that you're offering such a tailored approach to the whole thing. Thanks. Yeah, you- it's a completely personalized one-on-one package. So I sit down with them first and foremost, and we say, you know, what do you want? What do you want this to look like? And then we just brainstorm out from there. So it might be a difficult question. I'm sure that you've already thought about it, but since you offer such like a one-on-one personalized approach with every client, have you decided what scaling is going to look like for you? I mean, cause eventually you're not going to have enough time to, you know, take care of everybody. So what is that? What is, what are your plans for scaling in the future? So I've already made kind of one jump towards scaling in that business. Part of that package includes early branding. So we go through a little bit of brand strategy. We establish those brand values. And then I was creating branding assets for these women. And I decided that was my least favorite part of it. I mean, I went to art school and you know I'm decent at it, but I met a brand strategist who is just amazing and really gets excited about that stuff in a way that I just don't. It's not the same for me. Um, I'm more inclined towards strategy and those sorts of things. So I help them develop that brand personality and define their brand values. And then I pass all of that over to this brand strategist and she does the actual design and it lights her up and it's a lot of fun for her. So that was my first step because I was able to take about six to 12 hours off my plate per client just by doing that. And so it freed me up to add quite a few more clients to my roster Mm -hmm. at a time. And so I imagine that going forward, there will be more like that where I might bring in someone else and end up developing kind of an accidental agency is kind of what it looks like. Um, But bringing in someone to help them tackle those tech setbacks, that's a big common thread that my clients have. They're like, okay, I've got this website. I signed up for my Google workspace. And now there's something about these DNS records or there's, you know, all these other different tech things of like, well, how do I actually send a broadcast? What is an automation sequence? How do I set all of this up? And so right now I'm walking them through all of that tech, but that would probably be the next step to be able to bring in more Mm -hmm. people is to parse out different pieces of the coaching to other experts who, like I said, it it lights them up, right? They get way more excited. I mean, I have a zone of excellence there, but maybe not a zone of genius. Sometimes, you know, I get really real with my clients. So sometimes I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I'm going to Google it right now. We're going to walk through it together. And that's just (laughs) what it looks like. But I think it's a good example because it shows them that we don't all know what we're doing. We don't all know it all. And that's okay. There are ways to find those answers. And all that matters is that we get the thing done and we move on. Yeah. And plus the transparency is kind of what builds your, your credibility. And it makes people trust you a lot more when they see like, okay, you know what? She's not pretending like she has everything together. So nope, that's great. I love human. it. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. What is your focus going to be for 2023? So right now, my bigger focus is growing the Confident Concept business. I just started that last May, so it is fairly new. And I'm looking to add more solo authors to my roster there. Um, so that's that's kind of like my main growth focus, I would say. But I'm still looking to maintain and be myself now to have you know three, four clients a month and move forward and help those women grow their businesses. And then what's interesting is often 
once I have a client in Be Myself Now, she tends to stay a client for a really long time. So I do offer, you know, hourly services and different kinds of help that they might need as they're progressing forward on their business journey. That looks different from my newbie development package, but all of that is personalized as well. I just break it down into an hourly rate. And so continuing on with that and making sure that women are supported all along their journey until they are ready for one of those bigger business coaches who's ready to help them take it to the next level. What do you love the most about working with women? I think it's their heart-centered nature. Like women are coming to the table first and foremost to help people. And sometimes that's a double-edged sword. It's really great. It's so honorable and they're very mission-oriented, but then there ends up being usually a lot of like money mindset work that has to go into that because yeah. at the end of the day, we are in business. We do have to make money. We can't constantly be discounting things uh, or working for free. I see that really often. And we have to step into the space where we're comfortable asking for value in exchange for the value that we provide with those people. So helping them turn that mission focus into a better understanding of the value they bring to the market. So they, they get that they're not just trading dollars for hours. It's not like how many hours does this take me and what do I want to make per hour? But it's really about what's the transformation I'm providing here for these people? What is that worth to them in their life? And then building pricing based on that worth, as well as what creates the optimal buy-in for that client. Sometimes when people pay $10 for something, then they don't engage with it. You know, if you bought a course for 20 bucks, mm -hmm. you're probably a lot more likely to leave it sitting in your email unwatched than if you paid 2000 for it. So we oh, take yeah. a look at kind of the magic sweet spot between what is it actually worth to them and what creates that buy-in that will force them to utilize it and get the results that they promise. Mm -hmm. What's the number one way that you help women overcome that money mind, those money mindset, I guess, restrictions? That's where my life coaching <laughs> comes into play a lot. Um, the biggest thing is getting them to talk about it, getting them to really open up about why they feel uncomfortable charging higher prices and asking them questions so that they can see their own thoughts. Once they can see their own thoughts and their own stories, they tend to resolve on their own pretty quickly. There's not a lot that I have to do by way of giving advice or convincing them otherwise. It's just giving them that safe space to open up so that they can see what they've actually been thinking and where those stories come from. Mm -hmm. What have been some of your biggest challenges this far in the business? Definitely growth. So growth on both sides. First, learning how to grow and learning how to kind of maximize my lead generation and my sales calls and, and make my time worth it the most, as well as now that I have grown and I've gotten to this six-figure point, it's like, okay, now I need to bring in help. Now I need to really make sure my backend systems are well-established, that I'm utilizing all of my automation tools to the best of my ability. And it's changed what business looks like for me because it changes what you do day to day when you're trying to implement these systems first and then maintain them as time goes on versus when I was much smaller, you know, it was a lot easier as a solopreneur to just kind of have it all in my head and move mm -hmm. forward and take imperfect action and things worked out great. And now I'm getting to the point where 
you know, it's got to get a little bit more serious. I've got to get a little bit more defined in what are the actions I'm taking every day? When do they need to be repeated? Who actually needs to do them? Is it actually something I need to do? Or is it kind of wasting my time as the CEO and just moving through that up-leveling? I love that though. I love that though. So have you, I mean, have you moved past the, past the lead generation? So I guess different question. What does your lead generation look like now versus what it used to look like and what caused that change? So before it was a lot based on just the people I knew. So it was very much network marketing, um, which was great because then, you know, the leads that are coming in are already kind of warm. They know who you are. They at least know someone who knows you. Now I'm doing a lot more lead generation through that client nurturing path of here's a lead magnet. And hopefully that lead magnet gets you some results. Um, I wrote a book. And so in September of 2021, I I published my book, Manifest Success, How to Turn Your Big Idea into a Business That You Love. And so that is probably my number one lead magnet at the moment. There's a workbook that goes with the book that helps them really make the most of the information in the book. And that puts them on my email list. And then I'm in touch with them there. From there, I try to guide them to my three-part video series. It's three secrets to starting a successful business. We talk about, you know, how to spend your money what to do for sustainable results and how to guarantee growth. And so those three parts are presented through an email automation after they sign up. And at the end of that, they're invited to reach out for a free 30 minute consultation. And that's something that's really important to me. I wanna be able to get on the phone with these gals and chat with them about their idea and, and give them a quick win. It truly is a consultation. It's not just a sales call. I hate it when someone's like a free coaching experience and then the whole time they're just selling you on their coaching. Mm-hmm. It's like, let me get a taste of you as a coach. And so I made the decision that my consultation is going to be a full consultation. So it is only 30 minutes. I usually work with clients for an hour to 90 minutes, but it gives me a chance to get to know their business, get to know them, see if energetically we're a good fit for working with each other. And then I can usually give them some guidance or advice about what I think their next best steps are. And I have a pretty good close rate from there because once they've had the opportunity to hear from me on the problems in their business, they're like, yeah, okay, let's do this. I'm in. That's really cool. That's really cool. And you're nurturing all the leads that are coming in. You're building that credibility. They're watching these videos so that they know like once, once they get to the end of it, they know you and they trust you. I love that. That's a great idea. Where do you predict that you might get stuck or slowed down within the next 12 months? Oh, that's such a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My podcast, which is so funny because right now, I'm editing my podcast myself and it's something that, you know, I do well at, but it's probably not the best use of my time. And because I have two businesses now and I'm working with more clients, I've had less time to edit, which means my podcast release has not been as consistent as it was prior. And so that's something that's kind of slowed me down. Um, And it's really just a matter of, I need to kind of get it together, get my SOPs together, create that system so that I can hire someone in there and have that taken care of for me. Mm -hmm. How do you plan on overcoming that? At least for right now? Is it just by having somebody (laughs) come in or Well, I really need to establish that system a little bit better in the back end before I have someone come in so that I can be really clear about 
what I want them to do, but also what kind of person and what kind of skills they need to have to fulfill that role. Um, so at the moment, I have the entirety of season two recorded, but it's just kind of sitting there. So my goal is to actually personally take a few days, get all of season two edited. It's it's pretty simple, the editing on my show. It's very basic. Just add some music, kind of clean up if there's any parts where someone stumbled over something or what have you. But other than that, it just gets released as a raw conversation. So I am planning to release season two in its entirety as a bingeable season to kind of get myself caught up. And then I'll promote week to week each episode as I go forward. Um, but yeah, and then I'll have that SOP well established because I'll have edited through an entire season. And then yeah. I can make sure to hire someone before I start recording for season three in August of this year. Perfect. Actually, now that we're on the podcast topic, let's talk a little bit about your podcast. What led up to starting it? What kinds of topics do you cover on there? Yeah, so I wanted a chance to talk to these women, these women who are new to business, who are feeling scared about investing serious money like it might take to work with me. And I wanted to give them a chance to learn more, to understand more about the different things that come up in early business. So the whole first season is focused on different subject matter experts coming in and talking about different things. So we talk a lot about mindset. We talk about what does it mean to niche down? How do you actually put a website together? What is copywriting good for? Um, what is branding? You know, we talk about they learn the difference between branding and brand um, and just some of those more nuanced pieces of business, because my goal is to empower women to feel like strong decision makers in their business. That's the most important piece as a business owner is to be able to make a strong decision and act on it. And we have to be able to take in information from outside of ourselves and qualify it internally before we make that decision. Because if we make our decisions based on outside information only, then as soon as the contradictory information comes along, because everyone has something that contradicts the other guru oh, or yeah. the other whatever, <laughs> I mean, there's a million opinions. And it's funny because they all work. It's just about what works for you and what works for your audience. Yeah. And so that's why you have to qualify it as the business owner. So I just present a lot of information. And honestly, it's like a lot of people I know and love who've been in my network. And so I just really enjoyed having those conversations with them. Um, and it's it was a little bit self-serving in that sense. I got to spend more time with them and ask them questions about what they do and how they've honed their expertise. And we always start with what's your origin story? Like, how did you get to where you're at today? And, and then we go into the subject matter expertise. Um, so that's what season one looks like. Season two, I shifted gears a little bit and I asked everyone, what do you wish you'd known sooner? You know, where did you mess up? How did you fix that mistake? And what would you have done differently if you'd known this sooner? And so it's lessons for these women to take in so that they can hopefully A, spot it and avoid it. And B, if they don't avoid it and they find themselves in the midst of it, they know that they're not alone, that we all mess up in business. Business is about failing forward and just encourage them to keep going. And then I'm really excited about season three. We're going to be talking about how to take your business to the next level. So once you've got that organic growth under your belt, you feel really good about who you serve and how you serve them. How do we step it up and really take things to another level of business so we can feel super successful and proud of ourselves? 
I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love, I love the topics that you cover, but I'm going to flip the question that you ask people onto you. Cause that's actually a really good question. What do you wish that you had known sooner? Oh, man, I wish I had known that my zone of genius was going to feel so stupid, obvious to me that I thought everyone could do it. And it turns out everyone can't. I mean, that is the thing is like the thing that we are so good at, we could basically do it in our sleep. We often assume that that's not valuable. We assume that it's not what people will pay us for. We think that we have to strive and work really hard and go get this degree or that degree or this certification or hone it more or get better at it. When the truth is, if you're good at it enough that you can just start helping people and getting people results, it's worth money and you don't have to do anything else. And a lot of that learning comes in the doing as you're serving more clients, as you're helping more people get their transformation, you realize easier ways to get them there. You realize commonalities and then you get better at your messaging and all these different things. So it's not something that is going to feel like Oh, I studied for years and years and years, and now I'm here. It's just something I sort of stumbled into. And I wish I'd known sooner that that was okay, that that was a valid route. But how did you, how did you realize that like, oh, like I should have been doing this the whole time. Like this is like, not everybody knows how to do this. Like, I feel like when something is so stupidly obvious like that, it just makes it that much harder to actually come across it and think it through and be like, oh, like, why don't I just sell this skill I have? So what did that Absolutely. look like for you? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. So Darren Hardy talks about it in the, in the entrepreneur roller coaster book. And he says, we can't read the Coke la label from inside the bottle. And that's where we are. We're inside of ourselves. We're inside our own world. We're inside our own head. So it does feel really obvious to us. Um, so it came from asking other people. It came from listening to not only what are other people asking me about, but who are these people that are coming to me for help? Mm. You know, when someone is choosing their niche and they're trying to figure out what audience they serve, I always say, who do you want to talk to? But also who already listens when you talk? I think that's a really important point. It's kind of like, where are we being led to as much as where do we want to go? And when those two things mesh up, then we really get the opportunity to find out like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's how Confident Concept was born. So I had people coming to me saying, well, I know you don't do this, but I'm thinking of writing a book. Can you help me with that? Or I know you don't do this, but, and then finally I was like, okay, this can be a thing that I do. I don't have to only serve women at the very beginning stages. I can serve more established women as they're developing these new products in their business like writing a book. And so I started that business and it's been going great. So it's one of those things of just listening to others and what they have to say about you. And if you really don't know, go ask like five people who know and love you what they think you're really good at, because they're going to tell you and you're going to be like, really, I thought everyone could do that. And they're going to be like, no, no, that's definitely not true. You know, like, what do people ask you for advice on? What do the people ask you for help with? And for me, it always came back to business. How did I start this business? How am I doing this thing? You know, I've been an entrepreneur basically my whole life. I used to sell Halloween candy door to door for money for the oh. ice cream man. Like, oh. <laughs> Yeah. And then at one point we were like baking pies and taking slices around a neighbor so they could taste it and then taking orders for pies. I mean, it just started very young for me. So it came very naturally. And then 
as I grew, I was babysitting and I was a nanny, which is its own entrepreneurial thing. And then I was a lighting designer. And then I went into corporate after that. And then I left work, got after I got married and got pregnant. And then I was a mom for so long. But looking backward on my journey, I realized like business startup is something I'm super familiar with. How do we define what this business is, how it helps people? How do we put together a business model? Um, you know, all of that just feels so obvious to me when I'm sitting down with someone who's not sure. And it's been very easy for me to guide them to the right answers for themselves. And so I just had to acknowledge that this is where I belong and it lights me up. I mean, when I get off my client calls, I have so much energy. I'm like, feeling on top of the world. And so that tells me that I'm definitely on the right track. That's amazing. I love hearing about people who that get lit up from their, from, you know, their companies and their businesses. And it's just, uh, it lights me up hearing people talk about that. Like, I can tell you that you're super passionate about what you're doing. It's awesome that it comes so easily for you. That's the, that's the whole other thing too. All right, we yeah, there's a lot a of bit. trust that goes into that. Yeah, you know, sometimes I get off a yeah. call and I'm like, gosh, I hope they feel like they got their money's worth. Like I feel like all <laughs> I did was talk, you know, but then later they come back to me and they're like, oh my God, that was amazing. What you said here totally changed my perspective on this. And I could never make this decision until I worked with you. And you know, that kind of when I hear that they've had all this stuff swirling around in their head and now it's suddenly so clear after working together, then I'm like, okay, so that that was the right thing. It is the right thing for me to be doing. <laughs> I love that. So we we deviated from the podcast topic just a little bit. So we've got we're slowly running out of time, but we'll we'll cover just a couple more questions. What have some of the biggest challenges been around growing your podcast? Besides, yeah, I guess, besides editing, and because I know that we touched on that a little bit, but yeah, promoting it. I mean, that's definitely the number one thing I think with any kind of service and a podcast is its own kind of service in a way, um, just making sure that that promotion is consistent and that it's spreading. Um, I find that sometimes I'll be on an interview on another podcast or on a stage. And then I realize, oh, I didn't even mention my podcast. And I'm like, duh, that's like such a great resource for people. It's something that's worth mentioning. Um, So it's just that promotion piece, being able to point back to it enough and get it in front of enough eyeballs so that the right people want to get on it. And then final question, what is the number one thing you love about podcasting? Oh, I love to talk. I was that kid in class who got like talks too much on their report card (laughs) all the time. Yeah. I'm like, jokes on you, teacher. That's what I do for a living now. (laughs) Yeah. It's so much fun to be able to talk about these things that I'm passionate about and then to connect with other female experts and bring them on my show and have these conversations with them. And sometimes these conversations get really deep because we get into the realm of like personal beliefs and value systems and all these different things. And I'm a deep conversation person. I'm like, let's leave the small talk at the door. Like, I want to know what you're afraid of. And I want to know like what you're doing to change the world and that sort of thing. So podcasting has been an awesome opportunity to, to get into more of that kind of conversation and connect with those people. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the connections that you make are just out of this world. It's nothing quite like 
like you can go to a networking event, you know, you can meet people like that, but you won't have the same connections as you will when you're interviewing people on a podcast. It's just, it's great. That's the number one thing that I love about it. But all right, Danielle, thank you so much for coming on. If anybody's looking to get in contact with you, what is the best way for them to find you? So you can find me on Instagram at bemyself.now or at Confident Concept. And I'm on LinkedIn as Danielle Mendoza with Confident Concept. Okay, awesome. Once again, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having Group, me. If you're it was a pleasure. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Thank you. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.